what is going on people welcome to another episode of clutch pod as always i'm your host ab don't forget to follow me on twitter and instagram at clutch underscore pod i'm also now on clubhouse as well where we usually just chop it up we talk hoops we talk premier league football we talk about the upcoming season in the nba uh, we've made our predictions all the other stuff so if that's something that interests you then hit me up follow me on there at clutch underscore ab and we can can talk hoops and that this is my official pre-season preview for the 2020-2021 NBA season. Um, it's one of the most anticipated seasons that I've been looking forward to for a long, long time. So here's what we're going to do. So I'm going to go through every team, um, assess every move that they've made so far in the offseason. So whether it's a new drafted player, a coach, etc., etc., to begin with, I'm going to go through every team, starting from the Atlanta Hawks with A to the Washington Wizards at W and speak on their offseason and how I think they fared. So, so the Atlanta Hawks, they've made some big splashes this offseason, probably one of the probably one of the best offseasons in the league so far. So they brought in guys like Danilo Gallinari, they brought in Bogdan, Bogdan Bogdanovic, Chris Dunn, Rondo, um, they basically brought in Clint Capella. I know he came in midway last season, but he hasn't played a game. So he's basically a new acquisition at this point. And they drafted Onyeka Okongwu, the big man. Big, big offseason for them. They have addressed some major, major issues, which is perimeter defense. They're one of the worst defensive teams in the league last season. Obviously, when your point guard is Trey Young at 6'4", you're not re really going to get busy defensively. But they've addressed that. They brought in Rajon Rondo, fresh off his championship with the Lakers on a two-year deal. They threw him a little bag. I think it was like 15 M's. They brought in Chris Dunn. Listen, Chris Dunn is one of the most underrated perimeter defenders in the league. He's up there with your Marcus Smarts, your Patrick Beverly's, your Ben Simmons. He's up there. I mean, he's always at the top five in steals per game. And he's just underrated defensively, primarily because he plays for the Bulls. But now he's at the Hawks. So we're going to seriously see how much value his defense has. Offensively, he ain't do it. He ain't it at all. But alongside Trey Young, that's a good, good matchup, especially if he's going to be coming off the bench. I know in Chicago last year, they had him playing at the three because they just didn't have any wing players available. Also, Port was injured for a long time and Denzel Valentine, etc., etc. So, yeah, big up Travis Slank, the GM. Um, Shouts out Lloyd Pierce as well. You know, we got to show love to any black coach that we got in the league. So, big up Lloyd Pierce. Shouts out John Collins as well. Um, can't forget the young wings that they drafted a couple of seasons ago. Cam Reddish and DeAndre Hunter. Statistically, they didn't have the greatest shooting seasons, but they're still rookies at the end of the day. They're going to be a good, good team this season. Definitely one I watch out for on League Pass. Just the one thing that I worry about for them, bringing in guys like Gallinari and not so much Capella, but I just wonder whether they are rushing the process because they, they are still a very, very young team. As I said, Trey Young... Kevin Herter, Cam Reddish, DeAndre Hunter, like by making these moves, bringing in Gallinari, I understand that they need to bring in vets, especially with Vince Carter retiring, but I just hope that they're not rushing the process and trying to overexert in winning now rather than developing their young players. One thing that I'm looking out for as well is the John Collins situation. Obviously, he's part of that 2017 draft class. He was a second round pick. He's turned out to be a phenomenal player. It's just a thing whereby... I don't know if the Atlanta Hawks want to throw him that max contract or near max that he's going to be looking for, especially with Trey Young's 
um, going to be up in a couple of years. They've paid Bogdanovic. Capella's on a sizable contract. And they've also got Gallinari. So one thing to look out for if John Collins will be shopped around or if a team is going to be calling up asking, what can I give you for John Collins? So moving on, the Boston Celtics, they've lost Gordon Hayward in this offseason. They lost Al Horford last offseason. They've lost Kyrie Irving. So all these stars or close to level, star level players have left the Boston Celtics in recent years, which is a bit alarming for me personally. They, we all know the Celtics needed a big man. They had Daniel Tice at 6'8", who was their centre. You need size. I don't know how much taller Tristan Thompson is than Daniel Tice, but he's a decent, decent pickup, especially considering that they lost Ennis Cantor. They brought in Jeff Teague to fill that um, backup point guard role, especially with Brad Wanamaker going to the Warriors. Um, they drafted Aaron Naismith, who is a nice, nice shooter. I've heard a lot of things about him. Um, as I said, Gordon Hay was gone. One of the key moves they've made in the offseason is Maxine Jason Tatum, who secured the bag. Secure the bag alert. Big up Jason Tatum securing that max contract. He does have a fourth-year player option, which is something rather interesting. They didn't just give him five years flat, so that's something to look out for if the Boston Celtics do not make that next step to becoming a championship caliber team obviously last season was disappointing for them losing to the miami heat in the conference finals so yeah jason tatum signed that five-year 195 million dollar contract with a player option in the fifth year so moving on the brooklyn nets brooklyn their biggest factor right now is kd who's finally gonna lace up for them they brought in landry shaman in a trade they traded for bruce brown steve nash in his first head coaching role, you've got Mike D'Antoni as the so-called offensive coordinator. You've got um, Jacques Vaughn, the so-called defensive coordinator. So I'll be real, I don't really know how it's going to work out in Brooklyn. But when you've got two talented stars in KD and Kyrie, I guess one way or another, you have to try and make it work. So yeah, I'll be keeping an eye out for Brooklyn, obviously, because of the return of KD and essentially the return of Kyrie Irving. Moving on to the Charlotte Hornets. Charlotte Hornets drafted LaMelo Ball at three. Big up the Hornets. They needed something like this to get that star attraction. I remember I was speaking to one of the social media personnel for the Charlotte Hornets on Clubhouse. And it was just talking about how the impact of LaMelo Ball, how their Twitter followers have grown and how much interaction they've been gathering on social media as before he was drafted. So that's another thing that people sleep on. The impact of players like LaMelo Ball who's been highly coveted since his high school days so yeah that's just the impact that he's had off the court hopefully on the court he can have an impact quite similar as well a lot of people have tipped him for rookie of the year i'm not going to spoil it and say who i have for rookie of the year just yet but yeah he has a good chance in charlotte they've got other ball dominant guards as well in Devonte graham and terry rosier so i don't know how they're going to really sort that out I do hear that they were shopping around terry rosier or rather the clippers were asking for terry rosier to see what trade they could pull off to acquire him but given his contract situation i don't know what's going to happen but i won't be surprised at all if terry rose is no longer on the hornets come the trade deadline they also brought in gordon hayward to that massive four-year 120 million dollar contract i know a lot of people were outraged at the fact that he was grossly overpaid but 
I feel like for what the Charlotte Hornets are trying to do, no free a marquee free agents is coming to Charlotte. And to bring in someone like Gordon Hayward, who can do a little bit of everything, good wing defender, can score the ball, um, can play make a little bit. It's not the worst deal in the world, is it? Because at the end of the day, who else are Charlotte going to pay? Like, they paid Terry Rozier last year, Gordon Hayward this year. So, obviously, I feel like Gordon Hayward is a better basketball player than Terry Rozier. So, someone's going to have to take their money at the end of the day. Charlotte Hornets... Got a nice little young core now. You've got your Devontae Graham, Terry Rozier, Lamelo, Gordon Hayward, PJ Washington. There'll be a team that I'll be looking out for. Catch on League Pass now and again. See some Lamelo behind the back dimes. So yeah, that'll be fun to watch. Moving on to the Chicago Bulls now. One of the biggest things in their offseason was the fact that they drafted Patrick Williams at fourth overall. No one really expected that at the time. A lot of people had... Patrick Williams fall into like the 20th pick. A lot of people had him going like in the second round. So that's the thing with this draft, especially because there was no NCAA tournament. You can't really gauge how good these players are because they didn't really get to play a lot of basketball because the NCAA March Madness tournament, that's when you really see like who's who sort of thing. So a lot of steals are reported in this draft. So players so players have fallen in draft, etc. etc. So it'll be interesting to see what Patrick Williams does. I do know that they, it has been reported he's one of the best wing defenders in the draft. So that's something that the Bulls desperately need to address their defense because Zach Levine ain't playing that much defense. So they've got a nice young core as well. Kobe White has been reported to start at point guard. So if you've got a backcourt of Kobe White and Zach Levine, you're definitely going to have to put Patrick Williams there for some wing defense. Larry Markinen as well. It's big season coming up for him. I want to really see what he does. He did shy to voice out his frustrations over how he's being used under Jim Boylan. So now under Billy Donovan, I've got my eyes on him to see how he does perform Wendell Carter as well and how he progresses moving on to the Dallas Mavericks they've brought in Josh Richardson in a trade whereby they traded Seth Curry and acquired Josh Richardson and a second round pick that's pretty much what they've done this offseason as well as drafting as well Chris Porzingis is going to be out for them to January that's going to be a big blow for them that's the one thing that they need to do they need to try and find a way to keep their stars fit for Zingis we all know how injury prone he is but without no without Porzingis the Dallas Mavericks are a completely different team I'm of the belief that if Porzingis was not ejected against the Clippers in the first round I do believe the Mavericks do beat them but not just ejected if he wasn't ejected and injured I believe the Mavericks beat the Clippers so that's one thing they've got to watch out for um, Luka Doncic entering year three now he's had a lot of MVP shots this season apparently this is going to be the Luka Doncic season and I quite frankly I can't wait to see what Luka does this season um, and how he powers this Mavs team in the Western Conference they've added Josh Richardson who is a competent wing defender a nice player he just didn't fit for us in Philly that's something that the Mavericks needed to address as well Jay Rich, Luka, Tim Hardaway Jr, Maxi Kleber um, Chris Apps for Zingis, Dwight Powers should be back. So they've got a nice team that can challenge for a very high seed in the West. Moving on to the Denver Nuggets, the Western Conference finalists last season. They lose Jeremy Grant to the Detroit Pistons, which was a huge, huge loss because he played out of his mind in the playoffs. I'm surprised he did go to the Pistons. He was saying that he wanted a bigger role, but I don't know why you would leave Denver to go to Detroit who just I don't really know what is going on in Detroit I would have just stayed in Denver personally but they do lose him they got Will Barton back who was out in the bubble through injury and they brought in Jermichael Green to replace Jeremy Grant a nice stretch four who can defend as well big body power forward 
who was on the Clippers last year. Obviously, they brought in Paul Millsap as well. So they've still got the young core. This is another year of Michael Porter Jr.'s development. Jamal Murray, we're going to see what he's made of. I've heard a lot of most improved players shouts for him, especially given how he exploded in the bubble. Nikola Jokic, we all know he's going to be doing Jokic-like things. He's going to get his 20 points, 10 boards, 6, 7 assists. So yeah, the Denver Nuggets still will be a force to be reckoned with in the West. Moving on to the Detroit Pistons. In the beginning of free agency, I don't know what the Pistons were doing. They were just stacking up on big men. Still, up till now, I don't know what they're doing. I mean, they paid Mason Plumley, who's a good backup, but I don't know about starting. They got Jalo Okafor. They drafted Killian Hayes at seven. Dwayne Casey has announced that he's going to be the starting point guard for the Pistons. And they brought in Jeremy Grant, as I mentioned earlier, from the Nuggets on a three-year, $60 million deal. So I don't really know what to make of the Pistons. Free Derek Rose, free Blake Griffin. I really want to see them in winning situations. But right now, they're just stuck in the Midwest. I think the Detroit Pistons are just going to suck this year. I'm not even going to lie. Moving on to the Warriors. Obviously, we know that they had that, that devastating injury to Clay Thompson. They brought in Kelly Oubre and absorbed his contract. Listen, Warriors owner, they put their money where their mouth is because right now they're in luxury tax hell right now. Like, the figures are actually crazy. But they brought in Oubre. They've drafted James Wiseman, number two, from Memphis, who's a great pickup for them. They brought in Brad Wanamaker from the Celtics. They signed him as a free agent. So, yeah, the Warriors, they're looking like Steph... Wiggins, Oubre, Draymond, Wiseman, you got like Brad Wanamaker off the bench, Eric Pascal, Jordan Poole, Houston Rockets. Considering the situation, yeah, they've had a decent offseason. They brought in they brought in Boogie and John Wall. They got that Kentucky connection back. They brought in Christian Wood. That's a solid free agency signing. Obviously, they traded Russell Westbrook to acquire John Wall. And you've got this whole James Harden situation whereby he's in the club with little baby. He's jetting out to Vegas. He's in Atlanta. He's everywhere but Houston, basically. Currently played a preseason game for the Rockets against the Spurs. But we all know he does one out. And we all know he's looking at Brooklyn and Philadelphia. Personally, I don't know if the Sixers pull that trigger. I don't know if the Rockets are willing to accept the trade of Dinwiddie, Allen Levert couple picks for James Harden. So this whole situation, I don't know what's going to happen. I do feel like... He will start the season with the Rockets. Whether or not he ends the season with them is to be seen. But as currently constructed, I mean, you've got a team of Wall and Harden in the backcourt. You've got your Eric Gordon, PJ Tucker, Christian Wood, Boogie Cousins, Daniel House. So you've got a decent, decent squad that can compete in the West. They're definitely, definitely a playoff team. Even if they trade Harden, depending on what they get, I feel like they will be a playoff team. But yeah, they just need to sort out this whole situation. I just feel so sorry for Steven Silas that he has to inherit this mess, essentially, of this um, whole Harden situation. And yeah, it's just not what I want to see from a black coach who's trying to make his mark in the league. So yeah, big up Steven Silas. Hopefully James Harden can pattern up, um, get his head down and start playing basketball because we do know what kind of talented player, all-world player that he is. Moving on to the Indiana Pacers. Aberrell, I don't really know what to say about the Pacers. I mean, they're just the Pacers, innit? I want to see how Vio is. Obviously, he's had his injuries. It's hard to really gauge what he's going to be like. Miles Turner, I'm surprised he is still on the Pacers. I thought the Boston Celtics would have pulled the trigger to trade Gordon Hayward to Indiana for Miles Turner and possibly like Victor Lodipo or someone like that. But Danny Ainge, um, I think he oversold his hand and he ended up going to the Hornets. So the Pacers, 
there will be a playoff team. Do what the Pacers do. Big up Sabonis as well. First time All-Star last season. Brogdon, he had a great start last season, but it kind of filtered out towards the end of the season. So I want to see a much more consistent display for him. TJ Warren, let's see if he can build on that bubble momentum and become a, not a star, but become a solid, solid player in that system. So yeah, the Pacers are just going to be the Pacers, man. I mean, they've got a new head coach as well. I'll be real, I don't know a lot about him, so I'm not really going to speak on him. But yeah, that's just the Pacers in a nutshell um, as we keep it moving to the Clippers. The Clippers... In the beginning, they were regarded as one of the biggest losers in offseason. They lost Montrezl Harrell to the Lakers. They failed to truly address their point guard situation, as I still believe they need a floor general, a Rondo-type player to put players in their spots. And also with all this for George, Doc Rivers, back and forth. Well, not really back and forth, because Doc Rivers didn't really reply like that. But all this blaming and shaming and stuff like that, I don't think that's going to be the camp's not in harmony for this upcoming season i know they brought in Serge Ibaka. obviously tyloo's at their home now and they extended paul george to a five-year 226 million dollar contract crazy at the end of the day they had to pay paul george's money because look how much picks they gave up for him like they didn't give up all them picks and shea and gallinari for a man two seasons and then bounce like they had to keep him so they're just stuck with paul george now who I get it. A lot of people do criticise him for his playoff performances. He's still an all-star calibre player, but in the playoffs, he just turns into Timothy Luwalu Cabarro, bruv. Or someone mad like that. I don't even, I should even be slandering him because he's actually a good NBA role player. But, you know, you get the gist in. He just turns into a scrub in the playoffs. But, I don't know. I don't know what the Clippers are going to do this season. Um, a lot of people have slept on him. A lot of what I've realised is, this thing, um, a lot of people are very, very reactionary. And the type of person I am, I like to assess the whole situation before I make a decision. So whilst the Raptors won with Kawhi's first and only season there, everyone was quick to put him on top of the world, say he's the best player in the league. I wasn't off that um, mindset. I still thought it was LeBron James, even though he wasn't in the playoffs. But I do respect Kawhi for the greatness that he achieved with the Raptors. So now this season has come and everyone has put the Clippers as favourites. Well, last season, sorry, has come and everyone has put the Clippers as favourites because of the fact that they had Kawhi, the reigning finals MVP, and they added Paul George to a team that was the eighth seed. I don't think basketball really works like that because chemistry still plays a huge part in the game. And we saw that last season in the bubble. So, a lot of people are now quick to say that the Clippers are washed, they're not going to do anything, they're not no contenders. Listen, I don't have them winning the championship, but I still do feel like they deserve to be in the running to win a championship and they will prove that to everybody this season don't be so quick to count out Kawhi, PG and the Clippers because they're still gonna be a quality NBA team this season that is just my whole two pence on the situation that is at hand they also brought in Luke Kennard they traded Landry Shamet I spoke on that last pod so I'm not really gonna go into detail on that but we're gonna move on to the team that's not located in the basement of the Staples Center. So the Lakers, who arguably had the best offseason. So they brought in Dennis Streeter, as we all know. They brought in Mark Gasol, Wesley Matthews. They brought in Montrezl Harrell on that two-year contract. I feel like they're the winners of free agency. They're very, very set up well to defend their crown. And you know what? 
One person I want to big up is Taylor Horton Tucker, who has just been lighting it up in preseason. I mean, I saw him drop 34 the other game. He just looks so, so good off the bounce, off the dribble, from beyond the three-point line. I see man blocking shots as well. So if he can crack the rotation for the Lakers, that's going to be a big, big W for Frank Vogel. So yeah, the Lakers, they're set up, set up really, really nicely. I mean, it's then a transition period. LeBron James is soon going to pass the mantle to Anthony Davis. That is going to be Anthony Davis's team. And I can't wait to see what it looks like when LeBron James ultimately bows out from the game. He's giving AD the keys. Like, that championship that they've won together is going to be so, so crucial in not only the way AD's mentality is moving forward, but how he's going to play. He has that championship swagger now. So, yeah, I'm going to look forward to see what the Lakers do. Uh, moving on, Memphis Grizzlies, they also had a... Fairly decent off-season. They recently just picked up Zaire Smith, who was waived by the Detroit Pistons. But they drafted Desmond Bain from TCU. He's a player that I read a lot of scout reports on because I thought the Sixers were going to land him at 21. But he does go to Memphis. He's a great, great shooter. He's got good IQ as well. So he's going to work well in a backcourt with Ja Morant. Yeah, I feel like that will work very, very well, given that Ja Morant isn't the greatest shooter from beyond the arc. But yeah, I'm looking... To see the further development of this Grizz next gen, your Triple J, Jaron Jackson Jr., your Jama Rand, you've got Dylan Brooks as well, who's who secured a bag, big up him. So, yeah, I really, really like what the Grizzlies are doing. It'll be interesting to see what they do with Jonas Valanciunas moving forward because he doesn't really fit their timeline. Um, they're going to come up. I don't think they're going to be making a crazy playoff push in the West. But given that we have a playing tournament this season, I feel like they'll set their sights on that. I mean, I know Taylor Jenkins would definitely be pleased if they can do that, similar to what they done last season, which was qualify for that playing tournament against the Blazers. But yeah, don't sleep on the Grizzlies. I mean, I stepped on them last year and they made me regret it. So Grizz next gen, I'll be looking out for them. Big up John Morant as well. Moving on to the beaten finalists in the NBA last season, the Miami Heat have made some off-season moves. Most notably, they maxed center Bam Adebayo to a five-year, $163 million deal. So big up Bam Adebayo for securing the bag that could potentially rise to 196 million dollars depending on if he makes all the nba teams and things like that and they also gave the bag to goran Dragic a one-year deal and they paid myers leonard surprisingly a two-year 20 million dollar deal i don't really know why they done that considering the fact that he played limited in the um, finals i think he only played like two games they also added guard avery bradley and more Harkleys. so they're strengthening their perimeter defense and they brought in rookie Precious Atua, the 20th pick from Memphis. They did, however, lose Jay Crowder to the Phoenix Suns, which is going to be a big loss for them as he played a pivotal part in the finals and the run into the finals last offseason. So that's the Miami Heat. We're going to find out this year whether that finals appearance was a fluke considering the circumstances of the NBA season last year or whether they are really and truly contenders i'm excited to see what tyler hero can do in his second nba season he really burst to life in the playoffs also duncan robinson one of the better three-point shooters we have in the league so that's going to be exciting to see especially kendrick nunn as well so they've got some nice young players and also led by all-star jimmy buckets one of the most coveted teams this offseason was, in fact, the Milwaukee Bucks and what they were going to do with the whole Yannick situation with him being a free agent next year. 
Um, luckily for them, he signed the Supermax deal, the biggest deal in NBA history, five-year, $228 million, which we love to see. This is especially good for these small market teams like Milwaukee, like your um, Memphis, um, your Portland, because not a lot of stars who do end up there want to stay there because they want to go to big market teams down in New York or in LA. For the Bucks to keep Yanis to that deal, it shows a lot about what Yanis thinks about them, championship pedigree, and also what he feels like he's in a position where he can actually compete and win a championship. The fifth year is a player option, so he does have that flexibility should the Bucks not win a championship in the next four years. Um, they've also brought in Drew Holiday, to play alongside Yanis and Chris Middleton. So he's going to be that shot-creating perimeter defender who's an upgrade to Eric Bledsoe at point guard. Also to ease the burden on Yanis and Chris Middleton come playoff time. They brought in Bobby Portis. That's a player that I like a lot. Underrated, stretch big. I know he's known for his <laughs> antics on the court such as flagrant fouls and getting ejected. But I feel like with his head screwed on, he can play a pivotal part for the Bucks. He can shoot the ball as well and he's a big body as well that can help defend. They brought in DJ Augustin as well, the vet who was last on the Orlando Magic. DJ Augustin is another player who slept on. He's hit some real big shots, especially in the playoffs. I remember that game one buzzer beater he hit against the Toronto Raptors. I think it was two seasons ago. So yeah, that's a veteran player that can play a part for the Bucks. Um, they brought in Tory Craig as well. He can, he's a lockdown perimeter defender. He was last on the Nuggets last season. So they're filling out their roster nicely, the Milwaukee Bucks. They brought in Bryn Forbes. Did lose George Hill, who was their spark plug off the bench and who led the league in three-point shooting last season. But they did find replacements in the guard position in Bryn Forbes and DJ Augustin. They re-signed Pat Connaughton. So yeah, that's the Milwaukee Bucks as we move up north to Minnesota. Of course, we all know they drafted Anthony Edwards at number one from the University of Georgia. He's going to be playing alongside D'Angelo Russell. They brought back Ricky Rubio as well, who's a fan favorite, who started his NBA career. They drafted Jalen McDaniels at 28 from the University of Washington. The Timberwolves do have a nice guard rotation in D-Lo. you got Anthony Edwards, Ricky Rubio, Malik Beasley, who they managed to re-sign to a four-year, $60 million deal. Malik Beasley played nice after he was traded to the Timberwolves in mid-season. He just needs to sort out his off-the-court antics as well, but I was really impressed with the way he played when they traded for him mid-season last year. So big up him for securing the bag as well. They did lose James Johnson though. And as of right now, I think they only have like one recognized power forward in their um, roster, which is Rancho Hernan Gomez. So I don't know how ideal that is. One thing I do want to say though, obviously my thoughts are going to be of Carl Anthony Towns who has suffered a really, really horrible offseason. Obviously his mother passed due to covid and he also lost like seven family members it was reported to the coronavirus so he's basically come out and said he's going to do everything and anything he can to protect his family and i stand by with him 100 percent, and i agree with what he decides to do whatever he decides to do as he approaches this season the pelicans now the young core of zion ingram and lonzo ball brandon ingram did get paid this offseason he secured a bag so big up him they also received Eric Bledsoe in the Drew Holiday trade. They traded for Stephen Adams and signed Wenyo Gabriel, Kira Lewis Jr. from this year's draft, number 13 from Alabama. So yeah, this is the second year of the Zion Williamson-Lonzo Ball 
Brandon Ingram, young core. So it'll be interesting to see how they play together. One thing that they do have in abundance is guards. And I don't know how new coach Stan Van Gundy is going to sort out their guard rotation. They've got Lonzo Ball, Eric Bledsoe, JJ Reddick, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, and now this drafted rookie from Alabama, Kira Lewis Jr. So I don't know who's going to get PT, who's not. It's going to be a battle to see who secures playing time in that backcourt as I did mention just now they've got a new head coach in Stan Van Gundy very much experienced in and around the league and he said he's gonna try and make this young team looking defensively so we're gonna see how and what imprint Stan Van Gundy is gonna have on Zion and the rest of these Pelicans the New York Knicks drafted Obi Toppin at eight from the University of Dayton they also brought in Emmanuel quickly at 25 from Kentucky They've signed some free agents, Alec Burks, Austin Rivers, Nolas Noel, and they re-signed Alfred Payton. And of course, they've got a new coach in Tom Thibodeau, an established old head by the book sort of coach. So it's going to be interesting to see how young core responds to the hiring of Tom Thibodeau. <laughs> he has been criticised for playing his starters multiple, multiple minutes. So I won't be surprised if Obi Toppin and RJ Barrett are playing like 38 to 40 minutes per game i guess that'll boost obi toppin's chances of winning rookie of the year given the fact that he can put up mad stats but yeah the second year of rj barrett he didn't have the greatest rookie season last year but we have to remember he is still a rookie who is growing into the league and especially considering what went down in the middle of this season with the suspension etc etc and considering the fact that they haven't played competitive basketball since like March we're gonna see how this team really responds to the opening season but yeah Knicks fans I know it's been tough for the last whew, I don't even know how many years but it's been tough for a while but I don't know maybe your team's looking nice right now I mean Mitchell Robinson Obi Toppin looks like he can be a real contributor to this team RJ Barrett given time he can really blossom into something I believe so yeah, Kevin Knox has looked nice in preseason as well. I saw a game he shot six for seven from three. I almost thought it was a glitch. I had to refresh the the NBA app. <laughs> so yeah, um, there, there's, there's things to look forward for for the Knicks, man. I mean, in Tom Thibodeau as well. You know, he's a no nonsense coach. So hopefully the fundamentals will be there for the Knicks. OKC boy, they've had one of the busiest off seasons. <laughs> out of all the teams in the league i mean how many picks have they got now like the 2026 draft yeah they might just have all 30 first round picks it's crazy they acquired danny green after trading dennis Schroeder. then they traded danny green to philly to acquire al horford and a first round pick and a second acquired george hill ty jerome rookie theo maldion bringing in rookie alexei pokushevsky from greece at 17th in the draft listen if he's anything like the last Greek player who fell between 15th and 17th in an NBA draft, then boy, they've got a player on their hands. And if you don't know, of course, that player is Yanis Antetokounmpo, the two-time MVP. I don't know, this young team, they might surprise a lot of people. I know a lot of people are expecting them to just be like the worst team in the league, but I don't really see that happening. They've got some young players in New Dort. We saw what he done in the playoffs, especially in that game seven. I think he dropped like, what, a 30-piece on Harden's head? Crazy. Darius Baisley. Obviously, you've got your Shakers, Alexander, and they've got a new coach who, I'm not going to lie, I don't know a lot about him, but Mark Dagonot. So we're going to see what this OKC team is about and how they're going <laughs> to really play together, given that they've got so many new faces. 
the Orlando Magic, sad news for them. John Isaac, obviously, toys ACL. He's going to be out for the season. But one thing that I will say, I feel like they've got one of the steals of the draft. They brought in Cole Anthony from the University of North Carolina at 15th. He's a player that I actually know about a lot. I don't watch a lot of college basketball, but I have caught some UNC games, especially when they go up against Duke. Obviously, UNC didn't have the greatest college season last year. And Cole Anthony, he didn't statistically have the greatest season, but I do feel like that is an anomaly, and he has shown that in preseason, um, where he's played really, really well. Yeah, Cole Anthony, I think he's gonna be a real, real stud for the Orlando Magic at the guard position. He's a player that I do like a lot. So yeah, remember you heard this from me and watch this space, man. Cole Anthony's up next. They still do have players in like your Vucevic, Aaron Gordon, Markel Fultz is up for an extension. I don't know whether they will pay Markel Fultz. That's yet to be seen. And Dwayne Bacon is a player that they brought in from free agency. And they also bring in rookie Chuma Okiki at 16th from the University of Auburn. So they bring in Cole Anthony at 15th and Chuma Okiki at 16th. And they also re-signed James Ennis III and point guard Michael Carter-Williams. So that's the Orlando Magic's off-season moves. We move to Philly. The city of brotherly love, the Philadelphia 76ers, also had a very, very busy offseason. We all know they brought in new GM and head coach Doc Rivers and Daryl Morey. One of his first moves was to trade Al Horford, bring in Danny Green. They also traded for Seth Curry. In the draft, it's been reported heavily that they also have a, a steal at 21 in the draft, bringing in Tyrese Maxey from the University of Kentucky. Listen, I'll tell you this now. You see that guy, John Calipari, yeah, he really knows how to coach these young players to become NBA stars. I mean, look how many stars we've had in the university, from the University of Kentucky. John Wall, Boogie Cousins, Devin Booker, Shea Gilgis, Alexander, Jamal Murray. Like, there's so, so, so many of them. And Tyrese Maxey, I will say, I've been very, very impressed with him in preseason. His ball handling. When he's got the ball, you can see he's got intent. He's trying to get to the rim. He's got a nice floor of game. Like, he looks like he can be a real, real good player and fit well in this um, Sixers team. They also bring in rookies Paul Reed and Isaiah Joe, second-round draft picks, and they bring in Vincent Poirier, who was on the Celtics last season. They brought in Dwight Howard as well, which is an underrated pickup, to back up Joel Embiid at the centre position. I feel like he's one of the best backup bigs that the Sixers have had under the Joel Embiid era, considering the fact that the guys they had before was like an old Greg Monroe. They had Kylo Quinn last year and Amir Johnson. So Dwight Howard, even though he's getting there with age, he's still quality, as we saw in the bubble when the Lakers won a championship. The Sixers also traded for Tony Bradley, a big man who was on the Jazz last year. So yeah, a lot of changes for the Sixers and... I like the fact that Daryl Morey has addressed what they needed to improve after witnessing last season, which was adding much-needed shooting, which they have got in established NBA players in Danny Green and Seth Curry and rookies coming in in Paul Reed and Isaiah Joe. So that's the 76ers off-season moves. As we move down to the Valley, Phoenix, we all know they brought in CP3. They also brought in Jay Crowder, which is an underrated signing. Who's going to bring them that toughness on the defensive end and perimeter shooting as well as that veteran leadership that this young Suns team need. They also drafted Jalen Smith at number 10 from the University of Maryland. Listen, I like Jalen Smith a lot. I haven't seen him a lot, but I like him a lot due to the fact that he's got them goggles like he's playing in the 90s, coming like a Horace Grant or something like that. <laughs> 
But yeah, um, the Suns bring in Etuan Moore. And one underrated move they've made this season, they re-signed Javon Carter, who's that guy out of um, West Virginia. I think this is his second or third NBA season. I'm not quite sure. But what I have seen of him in brief glimpses is that he's a good defensive guard. He plays really well with the Suns. I, I know Phoenix fans like him a lot. He's seen as like a cult hero or something like that. So yeah, big up Javon Carter securing that bag as well. And I hope to see a lot of him as I will be paying a lot of attention to the Phoenix Suns due to the fact that they have one of the more exciting backcourts and team generally in the NBA. I mean, DeAndre Ayton, we all know about his suspension last season, 25 games. It was disappointing, but I feel like he can get back to, not even back to his best, he can really kick on in his NBA career in his, what, third year in the league right now. CP3 is going to be one of the best point guards he's ever going to play with. I feel like he's going to put him in these spots. Mikel Bridges, we're going to see the further development of him. He's a nice 3 and D guy. Dario Saric, they re-signed as well. So yeah, they've got a nice young core. They should be a very, very competitive team. And big up Monty Williams as well. Another black coach that we have in the league. And yeah, that's a very, very good offseason for the Phoenix Suns. I'll be paying close attention to them in this upcoming season. The Portland Trailblazers, another team who had a very, very decent offseason. They brought in Robert Covington, traded for him from Houston. A nice glue guy, defensive-minded, can shoot the three as well. He's going to play well alongside CJ and Dame. Ennis Kanter is back. Zach Collins is back from injury as well. They signed Derek Jones Jr., who was last on the heat last season, an athletic wing. Carmelo's back, although he is going to be playing on the bench, and he has been told this, and... Well, he's very understanding of this. I don't know if he's happy. I ain't spoken to him, but from what I've read, the Blazers also bring in Harry Giles, a backup big, and Rodney Hood. So the Blazers, low-key, they're kind of deep still. I mean, they've got wing depth. They've got big depth a lot. And yeah, one player don't sleep on him as well. Gary Trent Jr., that guy is a flamethrower, a real streaky shooter, as we saw in the bubble. I'm looking to see if he can continue that shooting prowess as we saw in the bubble. Another player is Anthony Simons, a player that I saw glimpses of last season. He looks like a good threat from beyond the arc. The Portland Trailblazers got a nice, deep team. You know, they're, already, they're always a decent, decent um, team in the regular season. Last year was just an anomaly due to the fact that they had so, so many injuries. But this year, I feel like even if they do go down with injuries, because obviously that's a thing you can't really prevent, but I feel like they go deep enough to be able to cover the absences of those injuries. Moving on to the Sacramento, the Kings, one of the forgotten teams in California, in fact, the forgotten team in California, although I do like the moves that they've made in the offseason, a lot of people have said that they also have, there's so many steals in this draft, I've been saying this, they also have one of the steals in the draft, they drafted guard Tyrese Halliburton from Iowa State at 12, and listen, in the GM survey, the annual GM survey that all um, 30 GMs of NBA teams do, 43% of them said that Tyrese Halliburton was the steal of the draft, so if GMs who are established people around the league are saying this then the Sacramento Kings really do have something on their hands I have watched him briefly in preseason he looked kind of good so yeah I'm looking forward to see what he can do how he can play with De'Aaron Fox and with Buddy Hill and those guys and yeah hopefully Sacramento finally hits with another draft pick as they've missed so so many of their draft picks I mean they've only hit with De'Aaron Fox and Boogie Cousins that I can remember so far anyway so yeah a good thing for them they brought in Hassan Whiteside they desperately needed someone off Whiteside's 
playing style given the fact that they were a very very poor rebounding team last year so bringing one of the best rebounders in the league is always a good thing to start with they've still got guys like Cal Guy don't sleep on him I saw his performance against the Warriors in preseason he hit that game winner as well I can't remember how many points he dropped but he was really really cooking another player I like they brought in Metu as a free agent, he was last on the Spurs. I watched a preseason game of his against the Warriors and I see him backing man down in the post. He's got a little post move in his bag, so hopefully he gets some PT. Luke Water needs to take note of that. They brought in Glenn Robinson the third, who was last on my sixes last season, with Bogdan Bogdanovic leaving to sign with Atlanta. Hopefully Buddy Hield can reclaim his starting spot. I hope he does. I hope Luke Walton doesn't try no funny business because Buddy Hield coming off the bench is a big, big disrespect. So maybe he can get back into that starting five and repair that damaged relationship between him and the coaching staff because him and De'Aaron Fox in the backcourt is very, very, very underrated. Speaking of De'Aaron Fox, he secured the bag five year $63 million extension I'm really happy for him as I've always been saying De'Aaron Fox is one of my favorite young point guards in the league in fact one of my favorite young players in the league like point blank like I feel like he's a very very good player he's improved every single year he's been in the league the only thing that he needs to improve on the most is his three-point shooting um, I did see in preseason. I think he shot 0 for 6 in one of the preseason games against the Warriors. So, yeah, he just needs to work on his three point shot. He shot 29% from beyond the arc last season. And that's really, really not good enough, especially in this league, especially at the point guard position where you need to be shooting. That's the Sacramento Kings. They still got Luke Wharton as coach. I'm not ecstatic about that. Uh, he hasn't really been the greatest coach that they've had and they haven't had the greatest team harmony but i'll be looking and paying close attention to see how that relationship develops the san antonio spurs man listen i don't know what to tell you about the spurs i don't really know i feel like they need to go for a transition period greg popovich has served the basketball world massively across his tenure in the league i mean he's given us five championships one of the all-time greatest coaches of all time but i do feel like it's time for him to you know step away from the game and really just enjoy his retirement and just just chill out man i don't like to see pop on the sideline best just trying to get the most out of guys like like Bryn forbes and Derek white like, I know he hasn't got Tim Duncan there anymore. He's not even there as an assistant coach. I just want to see the Spurs just finally blow it up and just, like, try to rebuild and think towards the future. With that being said, they did draft Devin Vassell at 11th in the draft from FSU. And they brought in a guy that I like a lot in the second round. I'm surprised he fell that low. Trey Jones from Duke University, brother of Tyus Jones, who has been in the league for a couple of years. Listen, Trey Jones, as I said, I don't watch a lot of college basketball, but I've watched this guy and I liked a lot what I saw from him. He was a starting point guard for that Duke team with Zion Williamson, Cam Reddish, RJ Barrett. So, yeah, and Marquise Bolden as well, who's just signed with the Cavs, so got him for that. Trey Jones, I feel like the Spurs, it's, it's a perfect fit, man, because, you know, they really, really know how to get the most from these second-round picks and late-round sleeper picks. So I feel like he's going to have a decent season, even if he doesn't play a lot, even if he drops down to the Austin Spurs G League team. I feel like he's going to have he's gonna have chances to perform at this level. And he's a player that I will be paying close attention to. They re-signed Drew Eubanks and Jakob Pertl. For the Utah Jazz, at this point of recording, they just signed Rudy Gobert to a five-year, 
$205 million extension. The biggest deal ever for a big man and the third biggest deal in NBA history. <sighs> Boy, what? First of all, congratulations to Rudy Gobert for securing the bag. Two-time Defensive Player of the Year, All-NBA third team last year. First-time All-Star last year as well. Big up him. He secured a bag. He's going to be rich for a very, very long time. But listen, ha. Huh. Ah, that deal, I don't think it's worth it. I mean, in my initial thoughts were this was a gross, gross overpay for a guy who is essentially just a defensive specialist. I know, I know defense is an important part of basketball, but to sign a guy to that kind of contract who's very one-dimensional in just his defensive impact, I respect his defensive impact, and I know what he brings to that Utah Jazz team as their defensive anchor, but other than that, what else does he offer to the team? I don't know, like 12, 13 points a game, uh, 14 rebounds. Like he doesn't have no post game. He doesn't have no offensive game, no mid-range shot, no three-point shot. And this is a man who's going to be earning $205 million for the next five years. And oh, at 28 years old. So that contract is going to last him till he's 33 and boy, we talk about bad contracts around the league. Listen, I don't want to slander Rudy Gobert. And I'm just giving my opinion. I respect him a lot as a basketball player, but I'm just saying that's that's a big, big overpay. And I, but yeah, big up him anyway for securing that bag. The Utah Jazz also bring back Derek Favors, bring in Udoka Azubike as a rookie, seven footer from Kansas to bring him in at 27. Um, they still got your Mike Conley. Donovan Mitchell also secured a bag. $195 million contract over five years. It can rise to $195 million. Sorry, it's $163 mil. And if he meets all NBA requirements, then yeah, it can increase to 195 M. So big up Donovan Mitchell. The Utah Jazz max both their franchise cornerstones in Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert. They also have new owners who are Utah Jazz fans, so it's good to see that because they're going to have the team's best trust at heart. They're just not some businessman from Silicon Valley who are trying to make a little extra change. The Utah Jazz, interesting, interesting team, interesting moves this offseason. One thing I do want to say that I almost forgot, Jordan Clarkson secured a bag, four-year, $52 million contract. Big up him, one of the better sixth men we have in the league. And that is the Utah Jazz's off-season moves in a nutshell. And the last team of this NBA off-season moves roundup and just preview of the upcoming season, the Washington Wizards last, but definitely, definitely not least. They made one of the biggest trades in the off-season, acquiring Russell Westbrook and trading away John Wall to the Houston Rockets. They drafted Denny Avia at 9 from Israel. They bring in Jordan Bell, Robin Lopez, Raul Neto, and big up Davis Bertan securing that big bag. Five-year, $80 million contract. We all know how dangerous he is from beyond the arc. The Latvian laser. They've got some young players in their front court, though, in Hachimura and Denny Avia. So I don't know who's going to be coming off the bench, who's going to be starting, but I would assume that Davis Bertans will start considering the fact that they're paying him $80 million and I don't think you really pay someone $80 million to come off the bench. <laughs> That's all 30 teams covered briefly in this NBA 2020-2021 preview. We started with the Atlanta Hawks. We've ended with the Washington Wizards. Stay tuned though because I will be dropping my official the Clutch Pod official NBA 2020-2021 season predictions where I'll be predicting the team's seedings, the MVP, the champions, all those stuff, defensive play of the year, 
So yeah, if you're still listening at this point, much love. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter and Instagram at clutch underscore pod and on Clubhouse at clutch underscore AB. And yeah, we out.